Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Gilda Evans, bringing you the Autism Resource Podcast. This podcast and the ARP website are your one-stop knowledge and resource base for autism and much more. I'm happy to have Devin McNerland as my guest today. Devin is a neurodivergent advocate and documentarian. He has been working in this realm for several years and is spending his time and resources on bringing his cause to the media realm. Welcome, Devin, and thank you so much for taking time to join me today to discuss your work. Well, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. I'm really excited to share what I'm working on. Uh, It's something that I feel has affected many, many uh, students and many, many people. Um, I'm an ADHD guy myself, uh, and so I've been through the IEP program. I've been through uh, all sorts of crazy shenanigans um, that I'm sure that either you or your student will very much relate to. Um, I I hope not as much, but uh, this is a, a cause that is incredibly important to me. So tell me, how did you get started in neurodivergent advocacy? Yeah, so it's been, uh, it's kind of been just stuck with me since day one. Uh, My brother uh, is autistic and bipolar. I have ADHD and OCD. Um, And so... It I didn't really get started. I, I kind of just had to advocate for myself. Uh, unfortunately, through uh, the education system, there is not a lot of uh, backup. There's not a lot of backup when it comes to, to you. Uh, you are kind of told what to do and you are sat in a corner. Uh, I remember in fifth grade, I was literally sat in the corner facing away from the whiteboard uh, not able to see anything. Uh, and then, uh, they all freaked out why my grades started plummeting. So, uh, I learned from a, a very young age, uh, that I had to advocate for myself. And I guess that's how, uh, the advocacy of neurodivergent issues in general came in because, uh, I realized that I wasn't the only one. So yeah, uh, it kind of started out of necessity, you know, which is unfortunate. Well, then why did you choose documentary film as your medium? Yeah, so uh, I went to film school. I wanted to be a sci-fi film director. I went to Columbia College Chicago specifically because they had a uh, motion capture studio uh, with green screens and the suits and all that. Uh, It didn't pan out as much. uh, And then uh, 2020 hit. Uh. And I was kind of shit out of luck, you know, um, I didn't know what to do. Uh, I couldn't go in. I couldn't write. I couldn't create. Uh, and so I started taking pictures of what was around me. Uh, and I started filming what was around me. And then, uh, the George Floyd protests broke out and I started, uh, walking all over Chicago, uh, trying to find, which grocery stores were still open because when the protest broke out, all of the grocery stores shut down and uh, they were boarded up and nobody could get their food. And it was hard to get food to begin with because of COVID. Um, And so I went around trying to find which grocery stores were open and which weren't. And I'd post about what stores are open um, or not. 
Uh, and so that's kind of how I got kind of started at it. And then I took a documentary class and I had a, a, a wonderful time and it felt right. You know, you, you uh, kind of move from place to place. Uh, there isn't as much pre-production involved. So for my ADHD, it was a lot easier to manage uh, and a lot more uh, dopamine chasing kind of stuff where you just get into the situation, you roll and you figure it out in the editing room, you know? Um, and so uh, it just kind of called to me. I've always been interested in, in journalism. In fact, I, I'm trying for my master's in journalism right now. Uh, and uh, I started documenting, did a, a short documentary of the election. And then I started a documentary team uh, with the goal of non-bias in media. You know, uh, that is something particularly uh, important to me. Uh, I know that 24-hour news uh, networks kind of run people's minds into like a uh, like an anxiety panic attack, you know. Um, and so something that is incredibly important to me is to say this is what is happening and you should do something about it. You know, this is what is happening. I'm not going to spend hours and hours and hours talking your ear off about the every little bit of minutia that is unnecessary and tends to lead to uh, a thought that divides people more than helps people get together. So uh, I have sort of a, a goal to, I don't know, uh, kind of bring peace. <laughs> yes, because well, That's a good goal. I like yeah. that goal. Yeah, news divides people, you know, and so I don't. I I want it to start being the news again. Tell me a bit about your current project and its focus. Yeah, so uh, it's it's a a rough one. Uh, that I'm not like. It's not a very fun topic, but it is an important topic. Uh, so. The government accountability office, and this is something that uh, I have my own, you know, experiences with. The government accountability office has been documenting restraints, the effects of restraints and seclusion tactics on children. And now, over, uh, I guess, almost three decades, it is now. They started kind of in the '90s, and they've been continuously bringing it up and bringing it up. Uh, they have shown the hundreds of thousands of kids affected by uh, by horrific restraint tactics that uh, can end in death and most often end in bodily harm. Uh, seclusion tactics that in one case, uh, I don't mean to bring <laughs> the mood down or nothing, but in one case led to suicide. Mm -hmm. um, and so... Uh, and just in general, the way I was treated as a special ed student was uh, was not something that most parents would like to see. Uh, and I don't know. Oftentimes, you're not believed, or you're or you're not taken seriously, or uh, the district gets involved, or for one reason or another, this has gone under the radar for decades upon decades upon decades. Now it's been brought up in Congress, but uh, it's been brought up in Congress several times since 2007. 
uh, and it hasn't moved an inch because nobody cares, you know, nobody has that sort of identity attached to it. It's just pushed onto the next session or it's voted on and it's voted down and then they had to bring it back up again. Um, and so my goal is to bring it out into the light and put some public pressure on it. You know, um, this is, this is some of the, some of the stuff that you see in the, in this report and like these reports, oh gosh, it's soul crushing. Um, there was a, a young girl who, uh, was crushed by, uh, like a couple adults. So maybe like 400 pounds, uh, and she had a knee on her neck until she turned uh, like blue, limp and blue. She went limp and blue. And this girl was seven or eight. Goodness. Uh, and and they 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 just they just didn't do anything, and they didn't think about that they were killing her. Um, they didn't think about that they were killing her until it was way too late. Uh, I know there was a, an incident in Sacramento a couple years ago that uh, people are still uh, still kind of uh, trying to figure out. They're still in a lawsuit, but the Guiding Hands incident up in Sacramento uh, led to the death of a 13-year-old boy, you know, uh, because he wanted to write his name uh, in the sidewalk. He was killed. Oh my goodness! Are these are these primarily um, neurodivergent children? Yes, uh, autistic, Down syndrome, uh, ADHD. A lot of ADHD uh, because they can't sit still, and so when your child uh, can't sit still, the uh, solution that has come to some teachers' minds is to beat them to a pulp. That's well, that's that's just horrible. I mean, this is just horrible to hear. Uh, what do you believe can and should be done about restraints and restrictions? Well, right now, I think it starts with awareness and collective action. Now, uh, the parents of these children are are very much aware, <laughs> you know, um, but the general public doesn't doesn't know anything about this, and so I think it starts with collective action uh well it starts with awareness which can lead to collective action um uh right now it's it's a bit difficult but uh you know make sure that your congressman knows what's going on uh the school districts have been known to bite back uh and so if it's put out into the open, if their behavior, if these school districts' behavior is put out into the open, uh, there's not a lot of places that they can hide anymore, and they will have to kind of take responsibility. Um, now, a lot of people are scared to come out and talk about uh, the school districts' kind of hand in this because they are quite powerful and they have lawyers upon lawyers upon lawyers upon lawyers, um, but. I very much plan to protect uh, any constituent, any any uh, interviewee that wants to talk about their experiences. Um, there have been threats. There have been uh, there have been uh, tricky situations that have led to uh, worse situations for their children. Uh, there have been 
teachers that have been moved, uh, teachers who have killed a student and then moved to a different school district. Um, mm. And so, and that, that, that is all at the power of uh, organizations that uh, plan to protect these horrific teachers. Now, I'm not saying that teachers don't need protection. Teachers definitely need protection, but bad teachers shouldn't have anything to do with with that type of protection you know bad teachers shouldn't be moved bad teachers should be put in prison teachers that kill shouldn't be teaching anymore well i certainly agree with that oh my god this is this is just incredible um so what do you hope that your documentary will accomplish uh uh i talked a little bit about it but i'll go into a little more detail um I really, really, really just want it to be known. Um, Alan Moore, one of my favorite writers, um, taught, uh, he was a little he was a little nuts in the head, um, but he believed that like his writings were magic to an extent, and I kind of got what he was talking about how. Uh, if enough people read his book, then they will change their mentality. They will change the way they think. And that will affect, uh, that will affect change in the world. That will affect some sort of change. Now he tried to write a book about, uh, that would bring on the end of this world and onto a new one. So he was kind of a, a, a little bit of a, a loony guy, but, um, but I, I still believe that that sort of sentiment is powerful that you can create something that can be deemed a quote unquote, a spell and it can enact change. So if I create this documentary, it can gain enough people's attention to where I, where, where these kids are protected now that these kids live a better and brighter future that special ed is taken seriously. It is not just, a room where you send these kids to get out of their way, to get out of the way of the uh, non-special ed kids. You know, um, I remember in a high school, the IEP class was just a study hall that took a, a, an elective away from me, <laughs> you know? Um, and so that's all it was. It was just, uh, you sit down and you shut up and you don't talk. And you you do your work. There was no real help. There was just a, a guy sitting in the corner. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, this is this is an incredibly important topic, and thank you so much for giving a voice to this issue and to all of these young people who don't have the opportunity to express their own voice. Of course. Of course. Uh, I, I really do uh, appreciate you having me on. Uh, I appreciate being here. Uh, and yeah, and, and it's just, it's something that, that I am incredibly proud to, to be working on. And I, I hope uh, that we can, move this further uh yeah move this further so tell me then how can our listeners find out more about your work yeah so um i am working on uh funding right now 
uh, it is recommended that you get uh, about a third of your funding uh, privately before you start crowdfunding. Uh, I'm going to take that into major consideration, uh, considering uh, I am not the crowdfunding type. I don't really know much about that, unfortunately. So I'm taking it uh, by the book, by the rules. So if you would like to uh, contact me, and if you have any leads or any, or you want to donate to the cause, um, you can contact me at nearlanderdocs at gmail.com. Uh, Nearlander uh, is my brand. Uh, you can find it on Instagram as well, nearlanderdocs. Um, uh, but it's nearlanderdocs, N E A R L A N D E R docs. D O C S at gmail.com. All right. Well, thank you so much, Devin, for your time and for sharing your story with us today. Of course. I, I, I really appreciate being here. Anything that I can do to help. Thank you again. And you're welcome back anytime, by the way. Keep us posted. Let us know how it's going. I would love to come back on. Yeah. All right. All right. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular platforms. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can always access us and other great resources on our website, autismresourcepodcast.com. I want to thank our listeners for spending part of their day with us. This is the Autism Resource Podcast, and I'm Gilda Evans, reminding you to take care of yourself and that special person in your life.